Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Since the printing press was invented all the way back in 1450, really not much has changed in the printing industry. For the most part, that was the most groundbreaking, revolutionary things. Things were no longer handwritten. There was a template and they were basically dipped in ink and stamped out. And it was just mass producing books at scale. And before this time, it was something that was really reserved for the higher ups in society, such as the nobles, the kings, queens, ladies, the clergy, and so forth. However, this just made it very possible to mass produce literature and just sending it out and making it much more affordable and accessible for people. Now, if you follow the Nifty Business Week newsletter that actually came out this morning, you see that I had a link to one of the articles about Pearson's becoming an NFT textbook provider. Halfway through the day, as I'm thinking about this and really just ruminating on this fact how cool this actually is, I decided to turn this into an episode. I'm going to expand on this, elaborate a little bit more, and tell you why this is a real game changer and this is not just some sort of gimmick and something that they're trying to come out with. And we can really explore that from a business model standpoint and really shows where all of this technology is going and how it's going to touch every single industry. So this is a great time to say that if you are not subscribed to Nifty Business Week, you can simply do that by looking at the top of my Twitter profile or by going to niftybusinessweek.com. You can read the full issue of all the stuff that I actually brought up. It has some links, some summaries, links back to the podcast, of course, and it is absolutely free. So the printing press, as I said, was one of the most revolutionary, game-changing inventions in history, and it really turned the world upside down. For the first time, literature was able to be mass distributed. It actually shifted the power from the clergy, or at that time, the church actually had a monopoly on books. After that point, information was able to disseminate, and people were able to learn. And of course, later, that changed to the Renaissance and just a time of great things, and not entirely in the most cohesive way of telling history. However, what I'm trying to highlight is it was a big deal. And the thought of NFT textbooks just seems like some sort of gimmick, but I'm telling you, the reason why this is a big deal is to look back and understand what the process was like for buying textbooks in college. And a lot of people that might not have gone through the process of going to university, because a lot of people are opting out of university these days, and I 100% agree with it. I think it is just a myth of history that was being told for the last hundred years that basically you finish high school and you go to college and that was the only way to be successful. And no, that is not the case because a lot of people especially males, are not really the book ones. They want to learn with their hands. They want to do. They want to do all sorts of crazy things. Of course, this is generalizing. Some people learn by reading. Some people learn by watching. Some people learn audibly. And there's all sorts of learning methods and ways of doing things. But if you did go to the college, this is not just a rant about colleges and all that, you know textbooks are very expensive. Let's say you're paying a couple thousand dollars per credit, whatever, to be in that class. And then when you go to the bookstore, you're going to have to spend another two, three, four hundred dollars, depending on the class, to buy a textbook. And this is the type of thing you would never even buy that book outside of that class. But also the price gouging is absolutely ridiculous because if you look at the number of pages in the book and the actual production cost and everything, you might look at this and say, well, you know what? I don't see why this is six times more than a 50 or $60 book that I might be getting 
on Amazon about a random topic. Or if you want to just get to real bare bones, basic things, if you're looking at a Harry Potter book or a Hobbit book or something of those natures, a Moby Dick, those are huge books or the Bible have multiple pages in there. And it's absolutely just crazy how big some of these books are. And you can get them for like, say, 10, 15, $20. So why are textbooks so expensive? And it really comes down to the fact that there have a monopoly on campus. So that campus bookstore is just making a killing on it. And usually, when books are being sold, such as what we used to do, is instead of turning it into the campus bookstore for, let's say, a quarter of what you purchased it for, we would just hold it for the next semester and then sell it to students on campus that were then taking that class. And sure, you'd have to wait until next semester and have to uh, reach around and talk to people and say, hey, who's taking that class? However, just by doing that, you could easily get double or triple what the bookstore would have given you. Now, when that actually happens, all these resale and everything, the publisher doesn't make any difference. The publisher, let's say, sells those textbooks for whatever percentage to the campus bookstore. And of course, they're going to push up the price and gouge it up there. However, when there is resale taking place and everything, that publisher does not make any money. Now, no one's feeling bad for these publishers that are charging $200, $300, $400 for a simple book that probably costs $10. However, just understanding that as a business model of things is that one-time transaction, no opportunity to make money ever again from that. No one's going to retake that class and rebuy the book or anything. That sale is a one-time thing. So what is very interesting with this whole NFT thing is having that residual, that resale value, that market, and it allows that publisher now to get a percentage of that secondary sale, which is very interesting because a lot of these publishers are either going out of business or merging with the bigger ones. So over the last 20 years or so, while I was in school, a lot of publishers were becoming one. You'd start to see a lot of hyphens in companies' names, and they're adding all sorts of different divisions, and it's because they're all going under the same umbrella. And that is because printing and publishing is really not a profitable business this day and age. That is why newspapers and book companies are going out of business. It's because everything is digital. Everyone wants to be on YouTube and podcasts and TikTok and short-form entertainment that they don't really want to sit down with books and all those things. So a lot of the legacy ones, you can even think of, you know, outside of textbooks, we're talking about even say a magazine or a cultural thing such as sports, music, or even Playboy, which has been an iconic brand. They no longer print magazines simply because the taste and the shift in times has changed. All the way back in 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, when I was in college, I would even figure out a way to forego all of that because a little known fact is these companies actually make their profits from the US, the UK, and those markets. However, if you go on to eBay or Amazon, at least at that time, we're talking about almost 20 years ago, you could buy the same exact textbook, an international version with a soft cover. Maybe there was some spelling, say, let's say they were using the US English versus the British English or something of that nature because usually around the world. English uses the Queen's spelling for just about everything. So that textbook might just have all sorts of different things with spelling, which is just crazy. And I've experienced that moving to Jamaica from the US, but I've always had bad spelling, but now I just blame it on the fact that I went to school in the US. But getting back on topic here, the spelling might be a little bit different because you're getting the international version, but that is one way how I used to save at least half on my textbooks is by doing that. So now that is just a different thing. Technically, it's really the same thing. It's published and just sent out under different spellings a little bit and around the world. And basically, 
They price it so high in the advanced markets because they know that's where the majority of the profit is coming from. And everywhere else, they're going to just get a little bit here and there. And that's why they sell that international version because every little bit actually makes a difference because the production cost is so low. But now with these NFT textbooks, it is the production cost going even less. So in theory, they can sell books for much cheaper if they're entirely digital and maintain even much higher margins. So that makes the business very interesting. And most people think about this was like, well, I don't care about the publishers anyways. So who cares that they're doing this and they're getting secondary value? Well, as the person now who has that textbook that can resell it, you're also gonna get a lot more value than trying to trade in at that campus store. As I said, there were always a ripoff. The only difference is you'd have to wait for a while but with this, you can sell it on the blockchain as an NFT and you can, in theory, right away be able to get your cryptocurrencies that you can convert out or you can just use that crypto as is. So it makes things very interesting. So the average person listening to this might be thinking, well, yeah, this is all fine and dandy, but either A, I don't have any kids to go to college or B, I have no interest in going back to school. So why should I even care about this? The reason why I'm highlighting this and even decided to pull it out of the newsletter and actually shine a little bit more spotlight on this is because it is exciting to me what kind of development the most boring industry possible, one of the most old industries established, stuck in their ways, is adopting this brand new technology in order to build something better for the future. And when I look at all of this stuff, and a lot of people are saying that, you know, the market is just absolutely dead. Well, this is probably the worst time to say that because the market has been doing uh, pretty well for the last week. But generally speaking, compared to where it was, let's say in March, even things were a lot better then. But I'd love to see where all of this is going. And I really, truly believe that this is going to be in every single industry. It doesn't matter what the size of the business is, how or what is being sold. Eventually, all this stuff is going to a blockchain is going to be digital. And I think it is pretty impressive that in old school boring publisher is going to do this. So I would love to know your thoughts on all of this. How do you feel about this? Do you think it's just sort of a gimmick or do you think that this is the real deal? This is the type of innovation that we need in these quote unquote beer markets to continue to build and come out stronger tomorrow. Please feel free to send me your thoughts at Tropic Vibes on Twitter or traditional email and such is in the show notes. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.